Hey guys, Tommy here. Just wanted to kind of put a note in before the podcast. Eric is in the middle of moving. He doesn't have his computer studio set up, so we had to do a call-on episode this week. The audio at times is not nearly as clear or what we usually expect to have on the podcast, so apologies there, but we really wanted to do a podcast for you guys after skipping last week. So just know that the audio is not up to our normal standard, but we'll be back to that soon. That being said, enjoy the podcast. The question is, how do we start this one off? I mean, I can do I can do uh, an intro. All right. It, it'll all right. <laughs> Hit me with it. <laughs> Hello, Stephen Grant here. Uh, today we're talking exclusively about how my mum beats me. <laughs> Let's go oh, ahead and God. get into it. It's the Infinity Watch podcast. <laughs> My goodness. Oh my goodness. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the Infinity Watch Podcast, Season 3, Episode 4. My name is Tommy, and I'm here with my abused co host, Eric. <laughs> Damn. I mean, I feel like Marvel at this point, they're like, hey, a lot of our viewers have trauma. Let's really like, <laughs> yeah. dig into that as much as we fucking can. Yeah. Yeah, why not? And was it the same episode number in WandaVision where, like, she had to relive basically her family dying? I mean, ridiculous. Yeah, these people say the Marvel movies are super formulaic, and I get it to an extent, but I feel like the TV shows are a billion times more formulaic than the movies are. It's like the first three episodes are usually okay, Episode four, everything goes to shit. Episode five's amazing. Next episode will inevitably be a huge disappointment. And that is, uh, that's just how it's going to be. I really, I don't know. This, we'll talk about it because obviously we didn't have an episode um, last week. And so yes. we'll, we'll kind of recap that and get some of our thoughts. Um, unfortunately, spoiler alert for me. Uh, last week, the episode we didn't talk about was my favorite out of all of them. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I definitely uh, can see why. Heavy Indiana Jones vibes in that episode. Oh yeah, oh, yeah for sure. I, I feel like it was like perfect Indiana Jones vibes, and then at the very end, it has like the crazy mental twist, which is something I also really like. Yeah, so, like it was just like a one-two punch. Um, yeah but let's we'll recap that uh, in a bit let's jump to news and just to, to get meta for a second um we didn't have an episode last week eric's moving there's much crazy things happening in life and so uh yes we're trying really hard to make sure we have one this week even though it'll probably sound a little bit different um but we're doing it for you because we love you guys so and we love talking yes about shit, so yeah and shout out to you for uh doing the uh the hard parts because i have uh, basically nothing set up and I am not going to be able to set things up for a while for reasons I won't get into on the podcast, but it's been annoying. So <laughs> I'll tell you what, after our, uh, our last episode in which there was a mental breakdown on the podcast, I have a new appreciation <laughs> for everything you do. 
from an audio engineering perspective <laughs> because I was about to just throw my computer out the second floor window of my home just trying to figure this out. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous how difficult it is to um, just simply record audio. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. We could either have world peace or fixing audio stuff, and apparently we don't get either. Um, yeah. All right, so <laughs> let's jump into the news. I was so disappointed to, to read this. Um, Fantastic Four, the reboot, the first introduction of Fantastic Four into the MCU, has lost Spider-Man No Way Home director John Watts. Mm. Uh, so he directed all three of the MCU Spider-Man movies. I'd say he did a pretty good job of, of kind of blending those stories, especially in that last one. Um, but there was a joint statement that was put out between Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige and co-president Luis Desposito. They said, collaborating with John on the Spider-Man films has been a true pleasure. We were looking forward to continuing our work with him to bring the Fantastic Four into the MCU, but understand and are supportive of his reasons for stepping away. We are optimistic that we will have the opportunity to work together again at some point down the, uh, down the road. Apparently, um, Deadline was reporting this, that he uh, is looking to take a break from superheroes. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, he did just make, um, three movies. I guess he released a statement on his own. This is what it says. Making three Spider-Man films was an incredible and life-changing experience for me. I'm eternally grateful to have been part of the MCU for seven years. I'm hopeful we'll work together again, and I can't wait to see the amazing vision for Fantastic Four brought to life. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Um, I'm very concerned about this movie because I want it to be right for, for once. Yeah. I, uh, I really wonder who they're going to slot in there. And I'm worried it's going to be either James Gunn or Taika Waititi, <laughs> which yeah. are both fine, but I just, I don't know. It just needs to be its. It needs to be its own thing, you know. I I don't know. I feel like those movies have like a good space that works together with both of those directors. Yeah, whole, whole vibe, right? But yeah, they're so stylized. I don't think Fantastic Four should be that stylized. Fantastic Four needs to be like a science up version of like the first Iron Man movie, kind of in a way. Yeah, totally. And Man, get John Favreau. Yeah, seriously, I'd love that. That'd be great. I just really want him to not fuck up Fantastic Four because the potential there is just unreal. The amount of characters yes. and yes. you know, Doctor Doom, all these things. And so, you know, I was disappointed to see it. It makes sense, though. It is interesting. Like, usually some of the MCU directors have a lot of personality. I feel like John Watts, like, you never really... I see a picture of him in this article, and I'm like, damn, I, I don't know if I would have been able to pick him out of a lineup, you know? Yeah, there's no way I could. I have no clue what that guy looks like. Quiet. He just kind of does the job and moves on, kind of thing. But yeah. But okay, so I was disappointed by that. Then this other article pops up, and it says Spider-Man No Way Home director John Watts expected to helm a fourth film with Tom Holland and Zendaya for uh, a four Spider-Man film. Okay. Just so you know, if anybody gets mad, it is Zendaya. Oh shit! Is it Zendaya? What did I say, Zendaya? <laughs> yeah, oh, <geez. laughs> which I definitely have done on occasion too. But oh boy! So apparently, producers of Spider-Man and Sony have made it clear they expect to reunite with Watts, um, Tom Holland, 
and Zendaya to continue the series. He hasn't officially dropped out of that franchise. Um, and so I don't know. I don't know how much longer from now that's going to be. It seems like, I don't know, Sony, they just want to make money, right? And so it's just weird that he's stepping back from Fantastic wow. Four, then he's going to do Spider-Man. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's different, though. I think there's probably a lot more pressure with Fantastic Four because you can, I mean, clearly, you can make a very mediocre Spider-Man movie and people will still go see it for sure. But I feel like Marvel probably wants Fantastic Four to be like the new, I mean, it's Marvel's first family. Like, it needs to be amazing. Like, it's not going to cut it if it's just okay. Um, so that's probably a lot of pressure. It's probably a very different movie. I mean, No Way Home, I guess, is kind of like a team movie, but it's a team with three versions of the same character. Right. So, so I don't, I don't know. Do um, kind of feel like maybe we should have a different director for the next Spider-Man movie. Why, why do they have to do John Watts again? I don't know. Not that I have yeah. against him, but it's like you would think he wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't know. Other than directors for Marvel movies, I don't really know or care about directors. So I just don't even know like who's out there or other than bring the Russo brothers back into the mix. Oh yeah. I, I trust them <laughs> Somehow. with anything. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, for weird sure. Because I, I feel like it's a very old Hollywood thing to have like the same director for like several, several instances of a movie. Uh, right. Franchise like in James Bond, for example, like one guy directed like five or six in a row. Like that doesn't happen that much anymore. Maybe. For yeah. A trilogy. But beyond that, it's like they're usually like, hey, like, let me do something new. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. See what yeah. happens. Um, I got a little bit of Star Wars stuff for you today. I. This, I don't okay. know, this title disappointed me. Wait, um, but before we move on to Star Wars, do you, did you happen to have the other uh, Sp- Sony Spider-Verse news? Um, oh, the changing of the dates and things? No, no, no. Uh-oh. The new movie, the new movie announced by Sony in the Sony Spider-Man universe. El Muerto <laughs> starring Bad Bunny. Oh the movie God, everyone asked for. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they are literally smoking crack rocks at Sony. Like, what the actual fuck is... What the fuck? I think I would take the Aunt May prequel before uh, that. Because people have at least heard of Aunt May. Yeah, I I saw the Bad Bunny thing, but I thought that was a character from some other movie because I literally have no idea who that is. That is a Spider-Man villain who has made appearances in, count them, two comic books ever. Two issues of any comic book ever this character has existed. And Sony decides to uh, make this character part of their Spider-Man universe starring Bad Bunny. Uh, Pitbull Light. I think I know what so, happened. I think I figured it out just in you describing that. And this is the this is not my view. This is this is what I think happened in the boardroom. There's a bunch of white dudes around, and they're like, "What's popular with the kids these days?" And some guy was <laughs> yeah. like, "Latinos. There's lots of Latinos <laughs> in America now. Let's make it." And that was literally yeah. the only conversation. So. Yeah. 
I yeah. like the representation, but yeah, it is an oddball choice to make a movie about, especially what's like a very not well-known villain. It's very strange. I mean, not well-known is is putting it lightly. I like It'd be cool to like see like that guy show up as like the the villain of the week at the beginning of a Spider-Man movie or something. Sure, totally. But like, a whole movie about him, like what? Yeah. Who is seeing this movie? If nerds don't know a character, then like, I don't know. It's just weird. Insane. Truly insane movie. Sony makes bizarre choices. Yeah. But that's nothing new. Yeah. Oh, boy. And they also um, pushed back the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse movie until next year. Yes, they did. And they also changed the name. Um... There are no longer a part one and part two. There are two different movies, and I don't know if you you're, you're at a computer. I forget what the second part, the second movie is called. I'm trying to find it. It's uh, I think it's like out of the Spider Verse. They're terrible names because they're all the same. Beyond the Spider Verse, so beyond the Spider Verse, so across beyond. So Beyond is going to be part live action, right? I it has so. to be. Which Why be the fuck would they name it that? It would be crazy. See, like, I don't know. I, I think the concept's cool. I really think they're going to fuck up what is one of the greatest animated films of all time. Yeah, I've, I feel that way, too. I'm um, I'm nervous. I feel like they had their lightning in a bottle there. But, you know, this is a problem I actually had with Spider-Man No Way Home, too, is that it was just like... That and Far From Home are two similar of titles, and I mix them up all the time. Yeah, they need to cut that shit out. Into the Spider-Verse, Across the Spider-Verse, Beyond. Like, it's just, like, it's just lazy. Yes, yes. And, um, I'm going to fuck that up so much. They, The thing that makes me nervous is I saw this quote from somebody working on the movie, maybe the directors, where they said in the first Enter the Spider-Verse movie, there was, like, 40 characters. And in the new one, there's 240 characters. And it's like, that's not impressive. Like, that's... More is not always better. Yeah, like... <laughs> Jesus. Like, relax. Yeah. And so that makes me extremely brothers, nervous. I don't think you're going to really do a good job at that. So. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Well, can't wait to see it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. I got I got a little bit of Star Wars news here, and I hate okay. it, but it says uh, Obi Wan Kenobi will reportedly introduce an adorable droid sidekick for one key character. Um, okay, and that key character is young Princess Leia. Um, the site says we're told that this droid is like a drone. It's adorable, like a little bug that hovers over her to protect her. This new character is intended to capture the audience. As the next big cute Star Wars character, following recent ones like Grogu, Babu Frick, and Dio, it has a circular shape, almost like an old flying saucer. Dio, who the fuck is Dio? Dio? Yeah, I don't even know. That's the. Is that Cal Kestis's uh, robot? Let's see. That's kind of a stretch if they're saying oh. that it's like the new. No, it's like the. Um, I think it was from the last. Um... It was from the last Star Wars. Oh movie. yeah, that's like, like BB-8 sidekick. Cone-shaped head kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, they're giving sidekicks to sidekicks. I just why why does everything have to have a like a cute sidekick in Star Wars? 
Because toys, man. They tried to do it. What was it in The Last Jedi? Those things that they uh, replaced the puffins with? from that island yep 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 i forget what they're called but i know exactly uh let's see star wars puffin plush it's a porg yep they really wanted porgs to be a thing and just kids were just like nah dude yeah yeah i mean they they nailed it with grogu but that's like i mean they're throwing a dart at the board every movie and only like one out of ten is really really sticking we didn't know the name of that droid is pretty bad yeah, not yeah. for us. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I did. Yeah, I don't know who BB-8 was. Good. Yeah, BB-8's cool, but I don't know. It's it's supposed to protect Leia. Didn't do a very good job. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. four happens. Okay, she gets uh, caught anyway. So. Yes. Indeed. All right. Um, some interesting news here. It looks like Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, and Captain Marvel have just swapped dates. Whoa, that's weird. So the Marvels um, was supposed to come out um, da, 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 February 17th, 2023. Ant-Man was supposed to come out in July. They just flip-flopped. So Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania will be out first, and then Captain Marvel, the Marvels, um, will come out after. So I don't know. Maybe okay. Maybe we're more done with one. I don't know. Yeah, weird. <laughs> I hear, I hear Melody. She's not a fan of that. Yeah, she's having a tough time with the move. <laughs> if you if you guys if you guys hear her uh, whining, she's been stressed. She does not know what's going on. What the fuck is happening, man? Yeah. <laughs> I feel you, Melody. I feel you. Um, <laughs> I guess season two of Loki is supposed to start shooting in a matter of weeks. So I'm oh, nice. we'll see that maybe next year. Um, let's see. Tom Hiddleston was talking with the playlist. He was asked if he'll be working on uh, Loki season two soon, and he says we're in it already. I mean, we're not filming, but we're in prep, and we start in like six weeks or something. So full steam ahead in terms of the script and story, and it's really exciting. I can't say too much, but lots of questions to be answered. Um, so I, I hope it's on on par with the first season. I think that was to me the most consistently enjoyable show. So far. Yeah, that one is my favorite Marvel show by a fair margin. I think. I think WandaVision's my favorite, but I think Loki is more consistent. Yeah. Um, but I love both. It's very, very close. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, if Wanda, I mean, I just, I never did, and I, and I still never came around to the first couple episodes of WandaVision. It's just aggressively not my thing. I, I see what they're going for, and I see why people love it, but if all of WandaVision was like episodes four, five, and six, then that might have taken the cake for me. But did you like the yeah. ending as well? Because what is there nine episodes for that one? WandaVision? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Nine? Yeah. Let's see, WandaVision. I'm just double checking. Basically, I I yeah, liked it. Episodes, yeah. Holy shit! I liked it after they did away with the with the with the stupid <laughs> classic uh, classic television shit. I think it like starts breaking out in the end of three, and then four is where it starts being completely yeah crazy, which is awesome. Yeah, once that happened, I was I was all in. But I just what a weird way to start for me. Yeah, I could definitely. I'm glad they did like the first two episodes, like on the first day for that one. That worked out a lot better for sure. Um, did they? Man, I have no memory of this. It was a long wow. time ago. I mean, it was it was it was a bit ago. Yeah, basically like almost a year and a half. 
Um, okay, so this was interesting. Everyone saw, this is the only thing about Doctor Strange 2 and the Multiverse of Madness that I'm going to talk about because that shit comes out in like less than a week. Um, already got tickets, so excited. Um, they're like releasing clips and shit. I'm not watching any of it. Fuck that. I'm, I'm just ready for the movie. Um, but everyone was saying, oh my god, like this is connecting to Marvel's What If. Like, the whole bunch, everything. Like We're going to have Sinister Strange from What If in here. Um, and I guess Benedict Cumberbatch was talking to Games Radar, and he said, Sinister Strange is nothing. <laughs> what? Why? Yeah, good question. <laughs> Everyone just does articles on everything now because, you know, whatever. Got to get your clicks. Yep. Um, he says, Sinister Strange is nothing that you've seen before. What If is a beautiful riff off of a, off of a potential and this is something different. So, yeah, I mean, he's wrong. But that's nice, though. <laughs> Ooh, so you're, still, you're still holding strong. Okay. Yeah, it's obviously the same character. They're And they're also, it's been, it's in the trailer. They're going into the animated universe. Clearly, Captain Carter's in this movie. Like, he's just, he's wrong. I still haven't the, seen that part of the trailer yet. It's not, it's vi- like... You see it in, like, a fractal of... It's not, like... You have to be looking for it, but it is definitely there. Okay, um, can we call it right now, like, are you going to think this movie is good, or is it going to be bad? I... My expectations are right down the middle. I, I really don't know. Um, which I think is good for right? me. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Um, I think it'll be good. I don't know if it'll be great. Dude, but... I really hope it is. I think, yeah, same. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home was like the first great Marvel movie in a little bit for me since like Endgame came out. I mean, I like No Way Home too. I think No Way Home, I just didn't, I wasn't like super, super hype on Black Widow, Shang-Chi, or Eternals. Like, I thought Shang-Chi was really good, but it wasn't quite enough great for me. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I would love, love to experience another great one. Yeah. But, um, that being said, like, the trailer for Thor came out, right? Uh, Love and Thunder. Yep. And just watching that trailer, I was like, this, this is, like, what I feel like, I, like, the feeling I got from it, I was like, this is what we've been missing. It just like felt like a really fucking good movie, and I was so hyped for it. And um, I think after watching a lot of TV shows, I was like, I don't know if we really need as many movies anymore, but like we totally do. Yeah. So. Yeah, for for sure. The uh, even and like I'm enjoying Moon Knight, but even still, I I'm starting to feel like they're getting a little stale. <laughs> yeah. No, I I definitely can relate to that for sure. Um. And speaking of Moon Knight, we're going to talk about this a little bit more, but I want to keep this in mind as we're talking about the last two episodes of Moon Knight. Um, the rundown of times for all the episodes were, have been released. And so Moon Knight is breaking an MCU record for being the shortest final episode yet. Oh, my God. What? Ha! Dude, they uh... have so much shit to wrap up in this last episode. It's going to not be good. I'm so sure of it. So, um, Loki's final episode was 48 minutes. They crammed a lot into that. Um, Moon Knight's is going to be 44 minutes long. And so, at some point there, he's going to have to, like, 
I don't know, like break out of a psychological ward and yeah, bring back Kanchu. And, and they got to shoot the big purple arrow. laser out of the pyramid. Yeah, it's just like so much. And and they got to tease Jake Lockley for what I now believe is the inevitable season two. And it's like, <laughs> oh, we will talk about Jake Lockley in a minute. Yeah. Um, my last bit of news is the Batman sequel has been officially announced. Matt Reeves is going to return to direct. And Robert Pattinson and the mm. entire team will be back for the Batman too. That kind of bums me out. I wish they would have gotten a new director. Uh, it looks like uh, they also said they uh, reached out to Kirk Cobain to see if he's going to write any new songs for the next. <laughs> yeah. So speaking speaking of songs, so you we didn't. Yeah, the Thor trailer. We didn't talk about the Thor trailer at all, did no, we? No, we did not. Nope. So it sounds like you really liked it. The more I watch it, the more I kind of hated it. Oh, damn. Uh, really? Yeah. And, and it has a lot to do with that fucking song. I hate that song so much. It just seemed too... Usually Taika Waititi walks the line between goofy but not too goofy really well. And I just feel like it's too goofy. And I... Uh, I don't know that I have a bad feeling about this one, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it turns out. Cause I mean like a, a major part of the storyline is just that like he, like this villain is just killing everybody. And so, yeah. Um, I, okay. So here's the deal. I, I love Taika Waititi. I think he's great, but like there were, there were moments in Ragnarok where I'm like, dude, this is not the time for a joke. Yeah, um, for sure. For like, sure. Right after Asgard got exploded, and like Korg's just like, as long as you have a strong foundation, then everything can be repaired. And then like it like blows up, and he's like, oh, never mind, you know, or whatever he says. I can't remember. It's <laughs> like I don't know, like maybe just like let that play out a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. And so it can definitely go either way. I think the same thing happened with James Gunn and Guardians of the Galaxy two with like Drax just becoming like an idiot joke vessel. Um, yeah. And so I, I hope it balances out. I just liked the look of it. Um, I like not having to worry about CGI, you know, looking shabby. Yeah, true, like true, true. Everything looked great. And every, I mean, anybody who's listening to this podcast already knows this, but the shot of the big giant dragon god guy who's dead that came directly from a comic book does look really, really good. And they did a really good job translating that. I mean, it is identical. Yeah, I but, love um, that. I love that yeah. so much. Yeah, it does look really good. But I, but, ah, that fucking song. Yeah, I, I guess it. that didn't bother me because I, I don't listen to too much music like that anymore. So that song's not like overplayed or anything. I haven't come to hate it yet. And so I was just yeah. like, yeah, okay. Like they're just like using a song because most trailers like now they're just like, let's use a new, an old song and put a new twist on it, or let's slow it down and make it really emo, and it's just like, okay. I mean, that annoys me less than just that song in general. Yeah, I guess that's the trouble when you uh, when you have, like, one single song blaring throughout your entire trailer, but... Yeah. Um, visuals are great. I thought Jane looked great. I think the story has potential, so knock on wood. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I I really hope that um, Natalie Portman get like a, a, every most people have seen the behind the scenes photos where 
she just looks absolutely fucking yoked. Like, <laughs> like she put on so much muscle. And I really hope there is like a uh, glory shot like there always is for, you know, Chris Pratt, C- Chris Hemsworth. And I-, I don't even say this for like sexy reasons. I just want her to be like, yeah. I'm fucking ripped. I'm Bad Thor. Ass. Suck me. Like, oh my God. That's, that's, what, that's what I want. That's, that's what I need. That's one way to put movie. it right there. Yeah. <laughs> take anything away from the podcast. Take that away. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into Moon Knight. Um, episode five of six. Um, do we want to like go through episode four really quick? Just give the give highlights? Yeah, we can do it really quick. Yeah. All right. So... <laughs> Stephen Grant and Layla, they find uh, kind of the campsite, whatever you want to call it, near Amit's tomb, where Arthur mm-hmm. and all of his people are at. There are, like, he had so many people with him, and then, like, they show up, and there's there's no one waiting outside? Oh, yeah. Like, where are these fucking people at? Oh, wait, the plot demands <laughs> that they're not here. Um, yeah. And so they end up going inside, and, like, Stephen's able to figure out that it's shaped in the eye of Horus. It's like a maze. So that was weird. Um, and then they find like some dead dudes and apparently like there's zombie undead Egyptian priests still like. Yeah. Well, the- mummies, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And okay. So that was like the most like metal Disney thing so far. Cause like we just see this like mummy basically like kill a dude and then like drain his like brain of blood and shit yeah cut out his organs i mean yeah that was pretty that was pretty gnarly (laughs) i was like holy shit this is fucking wild yeah um and so they kind of get into a chase where they're attacking each other steven and layla get split up but layla's able to like kill one of these mummies um by using like uh what do you call those a uh like a flare kind of thing and she like yep burns him and throws him down or whatever um, it was like a little slasher esque for a moment there, because like she like gets pulled into darkness and then comes screaming and then gets pulled back in, and I was like, okay, this is like a little hammy, but um, it was fine, I guess. Um, but then this is the one part I didn't like about it. Of course, after she kills this mummy, Harrow comes up and he's like, blah blah blah, what happened to your dad? I bet Mark knows what happened to your dad. Blah blah blah. <laughs> And it's like, okay, like, how much time have they spent together? Like, they haven't gotten to this yet. Um, and so right. Stephen finds a tomb. We discover that Amit's last avatar was Alexander the Great, which is pretty cool. Um, and he has to, like, reach down into the throat of Alexander the Great uh, to get, like, this little, I don't know, what oopshopti oop or something. I can't remember what it's called. Um, and it's real gross. I think, what did you say? We were texting each other. (laughs) Steven's reaching down into the mouth of Alexander the Great, and Mark is like, oh, yeah, dig down deep in there. (laughs) Yeah, it was, uh, it was very erotic. Yeah, it's very strange, very strange. (laughs) But of course, okay, so of course, Steven shows up with Layla, and they're able to get to the body before, like, the dozens of men that Harrow had brought. Um... But, which made no sense at right. all to me. Right. It, yeah, you have like the little little thing that floats around and tells you where the body's at. Like what is so difficult here, but it, whatever. Um and so Layla shows up and he's like, "Okay, we like we got to go." 
But then, of course, she pulls the, no, we need to talk about something really serious that I'm upset about right now, despite the fact that there are <laughs> men coming after us to kill us. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, classic, classic move. Can't you just, like, leave and then, like, sit at a Starbucks for a few minutes and figure shit out? Um, I know. And so, I guess, um, Hero and all his people show up, and this was the one thing I was so happy about. He just pulls out a gun and shoots him. Um, yeah, that's very, very Indiana Jones. Just like finally, because like he starts having like sword fights with all his goons. It's like just fucking shoot this guy. Um, <laughs> Layla had already run away with like the little thing they needed. Like, uh, I think is it just like, is it just like the sand form of Amit that he grabbed? Is that yeah. That? So I think. So I think. And take this with a huge grain of salt. I think whatever those things are, I think they're called shaktis or shaktis or something. Oh yeah. And shakti, I think yeah. those, and I think those are basically meant to be like that's where like souls are like bound, basically. Basically, how Kanchu is kind of stuck. In right exactly. Exactly. Right. Okay. Exactly. And that is like that is like an ancient Egyptian like that's a thing like I I was if if anybody this will be kind of a minor um, a minor uh, recommendation the guy who Rick Riordan he's an author he wrote the Percy Jackson books he also wrote basically it's the same story as Percy Jackson but with um, Egyptian mythology and it's really good um, like all of his books are fantastic they're like young adult novels but like they're really fun reads and um yeah so i so i had known about this from from those books as well so that that is like a real thing that is not a marvel thing just fyi fun fact for anyone listening so somewhere layla has that thing she's like run away yes steven is to confront all these people so he gets shot and kind of like falls backwards into a pool of water whatever um and just keeps sinking down and so I was like, okay, how are they going to write themselves out of this one? And uh, that's they when, don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's when he wakes up in a psychiatric hospital. Um, and everything's like all white. And it's populated by all these people that we've seen in the previous episodes. Um, you know, like the guy that was painted all gold is like calling bingo. Um, one of the cops that worked for Harrow is like a murderer. I didn't even realize that was the same guy. That's yeah, crazy. I didn't realize it either. I was like, who is that guy? Because I had to look, look him up. And I was like, oh, that's the gold painted dude. Um, and so um, Harrow is now like the doctor slash therapist at this hospital. Yeah. And he still has his name. I think it's still Dr. Harrow, right? Yeah. And, um. Much then, more like the comic book version of uh, Dr. Arthur Harrow, I believe. Right, right. Um, and then <laughs> Stephen ends up finding, or uh, this is Mark, I think, that Mark wakes up in the, in the hospital, and then he finds Yes, Stephen. yes. Yep. So now we have two Oscar Isaacs just, like, running around in the hospital. The first thing they do when they see each other is give each other a big hug, which I thought was kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they also see like another sar- sarcophagus that like someone's trapped inside trying to yeah. get out of. Howdy, Jake. Yeah, Jake Lockley, the other personality. <laughs> um and then I think the episode ends when they're kind of like running through a hallway and then you hear like some loud foot 
footstomps coming and then you see a gigantic hippopotamus kind of appear in the door and then she's just like hi and then they scream <laughs> yeah and more i mean he's been amazing the whole series but m- that scream in particular just like uh, oscar isaac is fucking brilliant i yes. like even just the screams you could tell the difference between the characters it's uh right he's so good he's so good um before we jump right into five because i'm like ready to start talking about episode five yes yes let's let's rate it real quick okay um so as we do on the infinity watch podcast we rate our episodes movies whatever six whole unadulterated infinity stones um episode four for me i'm giving a five um it was my favorite episode so far i had a lot of really cool stuff um i really liked it i think i actually forgot to mention this after steven is shot the screen goes to four three aspect ratio and starts playing like some like really shitty like knockoff yeah movie <laughs> and the the main character's name is steven grant yeah and i was like what the fuck is happening and that's when he wakes up you know in the hospital and he was watching this movie um i loved that um i don't know i thought like despite some of my problems with the episode i thought it was by far like the best executed one yeah i um i would give it a four i i to be honest the beginnings was really starting to lose me because i'm not as we've talked about, I'm not a big fan of like Indiana Jones or just tomb raiding stuff in general. Um, and so as it was going on, I was like, I uh, like, I'm really, this series is kind of starting to lose me. Like what is even happening? Is it just going to be more of this for the next two episodes? And then the switch happened. He woke up in the mental hospital and I was like, Oh my God, I am so back in. Dude, <laughs> um, yeah. I, it, it, it was a great twist. I, I loved it. Um, so, so yeah, I, I'd give it a four, but it, but it'd be a strong four. But, um, but yeah, I, uh, I was a fan of, and that immediately just, uh, sent my interest back into overdrive for sure. Loved oh, yeah. it. This one definitely got me back into the series. Yeah. I was struggling a little bit and I should yeah. be because it's fucking moon night. Uh, yeah. I don't know how to respond. Whoa. To <laughs> Apple Watch thought I was talking to it for a second there. Oh, that scared the shit out of me. I thought I was hearing voices. <laughs> it's like she's back. Um, all right. <laughs> it's back. <laughs> Later skaters. Um, <laughs> all right, let's jump right into episode 5. And I and I wanted yes. to kind of go off something you said uh, when talking about the last one is that most of this episode the character interactions are Stephen and Mark. Mm-hmm. And I got through like 90% of this episode and I'm like, holy shit, Oscar Isaac just had to do both of these parts the entire time. Yeah. And it feels completely natural. Yeah. It doesn't feel like the same guy, even though they look the same. It's just mind blowing how good he is at making these two people seem like two different people. It's, it's incredible. Lindsay Lohan could never. <laughs> and that is what a comparison. That is. For sure. The next next parent trap reboot, get Oscar Isaac in there. Didn't did they do a parent trap reboot on Disney Plus? Parent trap reboot. Did they? How many par- I thought Lindsay Lohan was the reboot. 
Is there yet was, another yeah. one? No, it was. I think they're planning. Okay. Uh, yeah, in Wikipedia, it says in November 2019, it was announced that a reboot is in development. It'll be released oh my God. Uh, as a Disney Plus exclusive. So. Wow. Who's, who's How many versions of this movie now? do we need? Clearly several. I can't wait for the new Ocean <laughs> Eleven to come out. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Featuring what was that guy's name? Bunny something. Bunny. Bad yeah. Bunny. Bad Bunny, and then also like Timothy Chalamet and Tom Holland. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. If I ever change my name because I become famous to something as stupid as Bad Bunny, you have my permission to just murder me. <laughs> yeah. You know what's crazy? So, and like people in America definitely know Bad Bunny. But, like, globally, Bad Bunny is fucking massive. People don't understand how huge Bad Bunny is. I've never heard of Bad Bunny until this week. He is huge. Like, billions of plays on Spotify. He's huge. Let's see. Bad Bunny net worth. He's a Puerto Rican Latin trap and reggaeton singer. Bad Bunny. Whoa, dude. Did you just say, did you just call it Raggyton? <laughs> Reggaeton? Re, re, yeah, yeah, I think it's like Reggaeton, but yeah. See, I'm, <laughs> I'm fucking white as fuck, dude. I don't know. Rag, no, I just like Raggyton. Oh, that's good stuff. I just love that. I, I feel like celebrities now are really embracing the style of the Hunger Games capital. Yes. Yeah. Whereas it's like, yeah. man, they just look fucking crazy. Yeah, that movie, I think that movie will prove to be quite prophetic. Can't wait to In see a it. lot of ways. Can't yeah. Wait to see it. <laughs> All right, so where are we at? We're in the psych hospital. We just met this gigantic hippopotamus who is the Egyptian goddess Tawawedit. Um, and she is like the goddess of, I think, mothers and children kind of thing There's yeah something like that a few different ways to describe her um egyptian goddess of childbirth and fertility you know different things like that and she explains to Stephen and mark after asking if they're twins because she's confused who they are um that they are dead and that the hospital is actually inside of a boat that is sailing through the duat mm-hmm. um, which is kind of like the realm of the dead in egyptian mythology yeah. Now here's a question: Why, uh, traditionally, is it not? I, I think it's a like Charon or like C H A R O N. Is that not the god who is supposed to deliver people to the afterlife on the Duat? Um, yeah. Like why? Why this god is is? I was thinking that the whole episode, and they did not address it. Uh, Charon, that's the, that's Greek mythology. Ah, okay, okay, okay. But yeah, I, I, I yeah, the river sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. I, I, I totally recognize that person though, that you're saying. Um, and so I thought this was interesting. She, on, on this boat that is sailing through the Duat, which is just like in like sand, like this sailing on sand. Um, she weighs their hearts on the scales of justice. Yeah, Which I was like, why? Why does Tawedit have the scales of justice? It looks, it, it looks and acts just kind of like Arthur Harrow's kind of little magic trick with his tattoo. Um, 
And it's it, the scales have to even out with this feather to determine whether they're allowed to enter the field of reeds, which is like Egyptian heaven, basically. Um, yeah. And so she like pulls out both of their hearts in like the like a clean version of Temple of Doom, you know, Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. um, and the scales just won't like weigh out, right? Um, and so she advises them that they need to uncover like hidden memories that are causing imbalance within their heart or soul or whatever. And this is where we enter into just a string of trauma that is actually like devastating. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Stephen Grant sees a memory of Mark Spector's younger brother, Randall. And apparently Mark's parents just let them go play in a cave for fun on unsupervised. Um, and spoiler alert, his brother dies when it like fills up with water and he basically drowns to death. Yeah. Um, and it's really fucked up. And then his mom for the rest of his life just blames him for it and becomes like an alcoholic piece of shit. Yeah. Abusive yeah. piece of shit on top of that. Um, and I'm like, I was okay. So at first I got angry and I was like, why are you letting your kids go play in a cave? And then you're going to blame, like, your little, like, nine-year-old son for your other son dying. Like, you're the piece of shit, like, letting them do that. But then it, like, got, like, really devastating. And then, like, I was crying. It was it was really <laughs> it was quite yeah. a roller coaster the whole episode. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, so we jump between trauma and a few other stories. We also get kind of the story of how... Um, how Mark became Conchu's avatar. Um, so he basically was on a mission with his partner Bushman, who is like a like a famous villain of Moon Knight, right? Yeah, I mean, arguably the only villain of Moon Knight. And we don't we don't even really see him, right? I don't think we see him. At yeah, all. I don't think we see him at all. Yeah. Um, so maybe they're saving him for something, but basically. Bushman and Specter, Mark Specter, were like with a bunch of archaeologists, and then like they discovered something, and Bushman didn't want to have to share everything with everyone, so he basically just like killed everybody, and we see Mark basically like dying, and he's struggling inside this like tomb in Egypt, and he's basically about to die, uh, on like the stoop of like Khonshu's like monument or whatever. I don't know what it really is, and he basically like starts talking to him. He's like, what a waste, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, will you serve me and, and be a protector of those who travel in the night? And basically he's like, Hey, if you want to live, I can let you live. Um, as long as you become my avatar. And he basically accepts. And then that's the first time the, the moon Knight suit forms on him. Yeah. What did you think of that whole kind of origin? Um, I thought it was, good maybe not the most memorable yeah it felt just kind of like average to me yeah 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 it wasn't bad but yeah nothing it didn't really blow me away but but also we already kind of knew that's how it happened maybe we just didn't have to see it like it would have been fine if we didn't see that right or anything new 
So yeah, or like maybe wait until next season where they bring in uh, Bushwhacker or whatever the fuck his name is, <laughs> yeah, and uh, Moon Knight and, versus Bushwhacker. Yeah, and then uh, make it a little more dramatic or something. I I don't know, but yeah, yeah, I I agree. It, it maybe we'll see some other flashback to it. I think I would have liked to see the flashback of like the actual fight. Uh, more so yeah agree moon knight agreed um, but who knows they could still do that i don't know yeah um so let's see um so have we did we skip over the part where um it it showed the because there i think if they don't address this and they have to address this this is the most gigantic plot hole where so it's about why Stephen Grant exists. Were were you still going to get into this? Am I jumping yeah, the gun? Yeah, we haven't gotten okay. quite there yet. Okay, okay, okay. Um let's see. Um while this is all going on, like there's flashbacks also back to the psych hospital stuff like that with Dr. Harrow talking to Mark and trying to like get him to open up. Um and there is a scene. I'm, I'm not sure if it's at the very beginning of this one or if it was in four. I can't remember. But we've seen Jake Lockley. We've a thousand percent seen him. Um, there was a scene in which who we thought was Mark was in the office um, with Dr. Harrow. But it's mm-hmm. the only scene in which Mark has like a bandage like a... over his nose. Yeah. And he has some like cuts and stuff that he didn't have before. And like he like he like pretends like everything's fine. His voice does sound a little bit different after I re- rewatched it. I was like, Oh yeah, this is totally Jake Lockley. Um, and then he kind of grabs like a little pyramid glass thing that's on Dr. Hero's desk and is about to like do something with it before all the nurses grab him. Um, yeah, but it, they very sneakily put that in. And I think we'll come back to that in the next episode when we realize that there's another personality there. So I thought that as well. However, on Twitter, the director explicitly said somebody tagged the director and was like, "Can can you confirm?" Or, or it says something like, "Is this Jake Lockley?" Jake Lockley, and the director straight up said, "No." Shoot, I don't believe so. I anymore. So. Yeah, and you're right. It's. Imp- I mean, that it means no basically sense. nothing. But yeah, I I feel like yeah, because why? Why would it be so different? Why would he have the bandage the only scene where he has that it doesn't yeah. make any sense otherwise yeah i agree it's like just like if just don't answer the twitter question right <laughs> i don't understand like all the gymnastics people put themselves through but yeah so um continuing to jump around a little bit mark and steven convinced Tawawedit to let them return to the living world to stop arthur harrow and so she starts steering her boat towards the gates of osiris which is basically the only way to get back to the land of the living. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Osiris is kind of bad too. Cause that was the dude that was talking to Arthur. Right. Um, so I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. I feel like it's any, in any even kind of realistic interpretation of ancient mythology, all the gods are, are pretty much bad guys. <laughs> like the, the, the gods are not like, ever portrayed as like good beings almost ever sneaky little politicians yeah 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 pretty much um 
and so that that's how they're going to get back to the world of the living somehow go into the gates of osiris um meanwhile the fake dr hero convinces mark that he has to fully open up to steven and uh mark eventually explains basically through his memories um this is the worst part of the show it's really like i think it was his birthday was it his birthday i can't remember what was going on um but mark like runs upstairs um and like slams the door and then his mom follows him and basically like gets a belt out and is like about to start beating him um but like when he runs into his room like he does like the little like shift thing with his eyes and basically becomes steven um and steven was basically a creation to just like avoid all of that trauma mentally because mark's mom was just constantly abusing him yeah now fucked up (laughs) it's fucked up but it also doesn't make any logical sense whatsoever because mark wasn't aware of this abuse but I thought he, he was though. Or, thought no, was I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. sorry. Steven was not aware of this abuse, despite the fact that when Mark shifted, he clearly shifted into Steven during that scene. And unless he quickly shifted again to Jake Lockley, that makes no sense because Steven had no memory of this. Steven clearly loves his mom. Steve, like, yeah, I think so, he did a poor job of showing it because, like, when the door is locked, he's like, oh, got to clean this up so that mom's not upset. You know, what yeah. a mess, blah, blah, blah. But then, like, when she comes in, yeah, she would have to turn into someone else, you'd think. Yeah. So, and the fact that Mark still clearly did know about this abuse, but Stephen didn't. So he couldn't have been, he couldn't have created Stephen as a shield against this so what was the purpose i feel like that is a gigantic plot hole that i really hope they address because that makes no logical sense on any level i think the only way it makes sense is if they showed us steven in that brief moment and then the moment his mom came in mark came back because steven only works as a vessel for mark to forget all the terrible stuff that happened to him and right. so when you're right. beating him, it can't be Steven. And we must right. just not have seen that on screen. I um, mean, that is a horrible storytelling if that's what it ends up actually being. Yeah, it was a little bit confusing how they showed that. Like, I understood, like, once I thought about it, I was like, okay, like, Steven doesn't know anything about that. You know, okay, so, like, whenever his mom was beating him, it's not Steven. But, like, right before she started beating him, he was he was Steven. Yeah. So. And not only that, it was heavily implied the the first time he turned into Steven was like moments before that happened. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought that was uh, poorly handled, personally. The whole thing was just really weird. I, I was just like, man, Steve, or Mark's dad is still like with this woman that like hates her own son. That was unrealistic, in my opinion. Yeah, because his dad seems like a like a pretty good guy. It's like mom's not feeling well, and she's just like, "I hate you." Um, it was really <laughs> fucked up, like watching. I hate you. Watching Steven like talking on his phone to his mom, who doesn't exist. Yeah, uh, was really messed up. Um, but 
basically like Steven's really upset because he's like, I thought I was the like original and you were like a personality made up. And so like that fucked him up. Um, but then like they kind of reconcile or whatever, but their scales still don't balance. And so all these like undead zombies start hopping out of the duot to start killing them basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they were fighting, they were fighting the entire time. I'm like, I'm just waiting for Jake to show up and then all asses will be kicked. Yep. And that's what I was expecting. And it didn't happen. And so I was like, what the fuck? This is episode five. Like, I just don't understand what's happening. Um, and they fight back and forth and Mark's mostly fighting, but then Steven comes in. Uh, but shocker, um, in the middle of the fight, Steven gets basically pulled off the boat and dies in the duot and kind of forms into like stone or into sand, just like in the middle of the dunes. Um, and the moment he dies, the scales balance and Mark finds himself in the field of reeds. Yeah. Which I also thought was a little questionable. Like why would that balance the scales? Like is Mark, is that supposed to imply that Mark isn't super comfortable with himself and all his decisions? Cause that's clearly not true as we've seen. Yeah. I just like it was weird, if Jake does show up, then why would they balance? Right. Because he's still like locked up in a sarcophagus and like not even being acknowledged. I don't know. Yeah. But even, yeah. Like even if Jake doesn't exist or didn't exist, it's like Mark Spector's scales clearly wouldn't balance. <laughs> like Mark Spector is not the kind of dude who would end up in the field of reeds. You would think. Yeah. But it's like, at the same time, like, is this even real? Like, I don't even know what's happening. Yeah. That's a We're good point. A psych hospital that's in a boat that's sailing the doo-wop. <laughs> yeah. You know, that is a great point. I probably, none of it's real. Why so Tal yeah. Wedit, like Tal Wedit seems all confused. Um, and then like, we're just left off. He's in the field of reeds. How do they get back to the gates of Osiris? Um, they have to get back to the land of, he has to get back to the land of the living. He has to figure out what's wrong with Layla and make sure she's not dead. Find Arthur Harrow, stop Amit from coming back, bring back Khonshu and resolve all the story in 44 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm nervous. Yeah. I'm I'm ready to be disappointed. Like, but there wasn't an after credit scene or nothing. Come on. Yeah. I'm also ready for them to say Moon Knight will return in season two though. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he hasn't signed up as so to speak, whatever that what they say. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's no way. Um you know what I kept thinking about while watching this too is like I still am having a hard time imagining him interacting with other superheroes. Yeah, this show has been very self-contained, other than the fact that I feel like um, the some of the afterlife stuff was pretty Black Panthery. Oh, they did mention the ancestral plane. Yep, yep. That was probably one of the first things that was big that was kind of tying in other stuff. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of cool. I like. Yeah. That. Um, I, I think at one point I forgot to say this. In one of the flashbacks from Mark, someone says "Later's Gators," and I just like gave it a really <laughs> dark twist to it. <laughs> Later's yeah. Gators, gonna go get beat by my mom. Um, <laughs> it was just like a like a terrible, terrible experience, but like that was what they wanted, right? Yeah. Um, I'm really not trying to downplay it at all. Like I was crying by the end of this episode. It was just like really hard to watch. Um. 
because Mark's life was just so fucked up. And even when his mom died, like he like didn't even go into the funeral or anything. And, and like, why should he? I don't think I would. Right. You know, if that was. Yeah. The case. Did you think so when they they the first time we saw that scene, we saw Mark and Steven in the mental hospital looking at it through a window. Basically, mm-hmm. I thought they were looking at Jake for sure. Oh, interesting. But they, because 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 at that point you just saw a version of him just standing on the street looking sullen next to a car, which right. Jake Lockley oh, yes. is a yeah. cab driver. Yep. So I, I was like, was oh, that's true. Jake Lockley. And but then it that I felt like that was kind of a mini fake out. It's yeah. like, oh, I guess it wasn't. Hundred percent seemed like it was supposed to be. Um, and, and it's funny because he immediately kind of turns to the Stephen after and he's like, they're driving on the wrong side of the road. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. I don't think they pulled off the whole, like, let's revisit your trauma as well as WandaVision did. Um, But it was still pretty devastating. Yeah. I think WandaVision was more cerebral and Moon Knight was just more brutal. Yes. That's a good way to put it for sure. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we're basically left with a bunch of loose ends and not much time to finish it. And, and, I don't like rushed endings. I really, really don't like rushed endings. It just, yeah. Uh, I don't want something to feel like it's finishing. I want something to like conclude nicely. Yes. And I agreed. Feel like we've really struggled with that in the in the MCU TV shows. Agreed. Um, with the exception of Loki, I feel like Loki's was pretty good. Yeah. True. True. I know a lot of people it, didn't like that episode because it was mostly like a philosophical conversation with like a space alien, um, or I guess he's just a man. But um, yeah, I love that. I love. Yeah, and, and the fact that it's like depending on the kind of person, it's like a lot of people just don't like exposition. But like when it's done well. And when you have 40 minutes of pure exposition, you can fit a lot of story into that. So, like, right. Loki had the benefit of that. Um, and and, it, and they did it well, I think. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, maybe, maybe next episode will be a 35-minute conversation with Osiris. And oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Let's... There's a lot to finish up here. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think there is no chance whatsoever that there's not, that we don't see this character again. I, I was skeptical before. Now I think it's a guarantee. There, there's no way Disney is going to do any character that's major and then just say, okay, we're done with this. Yeah. That goes against the entire concept of the MCU. Yeah. Agreed. So um, we'll see. We'll see. You, yeah. Are you ready to rate this one? Yeah, let's do it. All right, I'll let you go first on this one. I've already given my spiel, so I think people know our rating system. Yeah, so out of six Infinity Stones, I, despite the fact that I think there were some huge plot holes in this, potentially, we'll see next episode, I'm still going to give this one a five just because I enjoyed myself the entire ride, basically. Even when, even when I thought stuff wasn't making sense, I was still just loving it. I, I love that the uh, that the duet was um, it was just like so like colorful and like interesting and it was mm, it was like gloomy but like beautiful kind of yeah, um, yeah that, that's a good way of putting it 
and uh, and and I I love the back and forth between I love that we got a, the whole episode is basically back and forth between Mark and Steven. Um, yeah, I just I I enjoyed myself while watching this episode a lot, despite the fact that I think it had probably even more problems than the previous episode, but I, but I enjoyed myself more watching it. Um, so yeah, I think th- for that reason, I am going to give it a five and I am Is terrified. Five of the season. No, no. I think I, I think I've, uh, I'm trying to, I'm, I need to look back now. Yeah. I, th- I think I've given one more, one more five at least. Let's take a look here. Episode one. Oh, you gave episode one a five. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Episode that makes sense. Two. You gave a five two, I believe. Did I? Perhaps. I might not have written that one down right. And then you gave the last one a four, or episode three a four. Okay. In. Yep. Okay. I was completely wrong then. Yeah. Yeah. So, how about you? Right. What do you What do you got for this one? You know, I think. I think I agree with you on a lot of things. I think Oscar Isaac really sold a lot of this. Yeah, um, big time. But for me, I'm giving this a three. Oh, uh, I was okay. Between a three and a four, you almost got me to go up to a four when I was listening to you talk, talk about it. Um, there were just like moments from this I really liked, but then I think I just was expecting some more. Um, yeah, some fair. More just substance there. Um, though I thought like overall, a lot of it was really good. It just, I think I'm thinking about it in the grand scheme of the season now a little bit too. Which yeah. makes me be like, why isn't there more here? And what exactly was the point of some of this? Like, I know we understand now that Steven is who Steven is and stuff. It just, I think after episode four, which kind of got me back into it, this one felt like a step backwards. And so that's, that's where I was like, I'm kind of half and half. So three felt like an appropriate number, but I'm hoping that the next episode will kind of step it back up since it does have a lot to finish. And so it should have plenty of story to work with. Um, so I guess we'll see where that goes and then we'll see how we feel about the entire season as a whole. Um, and I have a strong feeling I'm going to call it right now. They're going to say that moon Knight will return season two at the end of the credits. Yeah. Um, I think I, I, after I said that, I don't know if they'll say season two, but I think they'll say moon Knight will return. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Because he'll probably show up in, uh, the Halloween special, right? Potentially, and I really wonder if they're working up to like a Dark Avengers or or a Secret Avengers or a Blank Avengers, some kind of a Midnight Suns kind of deal. Yeah, like Dark Doctor Strange, Blade, uh, Moon Knight, some maybe Wanda. I, I don't like know. They're moving down. There's a lot of people that could be in that. There's a lot of young Avengers popping up. So yep, yep. Definitely an opportunity. Yeah. So, all right, let's jump over to recommendations. Do you have anything fun and exciting for us this week? So, nothing. I mean, as we mentioned, I've been moving. And and on top of that, so I'm currently into the new place, but I, um, so I've also been renovating, um, which is something I'm, that does not come naturally to me. So I've been spending a lot of time doing that and i've not really had any time at all um to watch or read or do anything like that however i have been i've stumbled down this youtube rabbit hole 
the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I've just been watching an absolute shitload of clips from Penn and Teller Fool Us. Oh, I love that. And they're great. amazing. They're so good. And uh, Magic's fucking sick. So my recommendation is YouTube, some good, some like really good uh, magicians. It's just uh, super fun to watch and, and really impressive. And it, and it got me, um, I got myself a deck of cards. And I'm not, I'm not trying to learn tricks necessarily, but like I can barely even shuffle a deck of cards. You're the Jimmy so my, Lou. <laughs> Character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so so my goal is just uh i just want to learn how to like do some cool shuffles so uh next time i see you i'm gonna ask you for some tricks yeah we'll we'll see we'll see but i i, I just really like to become more more competent because that stuff is uh super fun and i can do so I one of my party tricks, and I don't know if you've ever seen this or, or we've ever talked about it, but I have a party trick that people seem to love that involves coins, and there's no trick to it. I just practiced it a million times when I was 12, and no one else in the world can do this. That I Well, I mean, people can, but like I've never met someone who could do this. I learned it by watching Jackie Chan do it in the Rush Hour 2 extras on the oh DVD. <laughs> and basically you put three quarters on your arm – um, and you throw them into the air and you catch them one by one by one. Um, it is very difficult if you are not practiced at it. And to be honest, I didn't do it for like many years. And then I showed someone, uh, a couple years ago. And now anytime I'm anywhere with this person, they're always like, hey, do the coin trick. And it, and it tends to blow people's minds. So my point is um, I would love to have some card tricks as well <laughs> that, could, that could blow people's minds. The Eric Meyer uh, magician show. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> definitely going to have you do that next. I've never seen you do that before. Yeah, yeah. That one I, that one I can definitely do whenever. Um, I, I, I usually can get – I don't get it 100% of the time, but I, I get it probably 95% of the time. Damn. Yeah, uh, my only party trick is just finding a corner to sit in and not talking to anyone. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's fair. Alrighty, uh, Penn and Teller. That's, yeah, that's some good shit. I, I fall into some holes into YouTube for with stuff like that. I always find people that can do tricks like that fascinating. It's it's incredible. Like some of them are like true. Like I watched one where like the guy didn't even touch like ever he didn't touch the deck of cards like i just i don't understand shit like that how it's my it blows my mind i like it when like they stump them they're like we have no idea how you did yeah and especially it's like the ones where like yeah we kind of have an idea but like we missed this one part so you got it but like the ones where they're like we have no clue it's like oh this guy must be a god then because Penn and Teller have been in the game for decades, so imagine, they have no clue. Imagine being a god, and then like, no one really believes you're a god, so you just have to be a magician. <laughs> that's that's that'll be the final twist of Moon Knight season six. Boom. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Um, I have two things for me, but it's mostly just one thing. I just want to say I recommended Death's End, which is from the Three Body Problem trilogy, two weeks ago. I finished that book yesterday, and I think it might be my favorite book I've ever read. Wow. Um, 
that that shit blew my fucking mind. So good. It took me a long time to churn through 600 pages, but that entire trilogy. Here's the thing. I heard about the, the three body problem. It's a book about aliens coming to the Earth, but we find out that it's going to take them 400 years to get there because it's so hard to travel in space. Uh, I heard about that and I read it and I was like, wow, this is really good. I went online and people were like, oh, the second one is my favorite. The third one's not as good. So I started reading the second one. It took me two times starting it to finish it. Um, and, I, and then once I got going the second time, I was like, okay, I really, really liked that. I liked it better than the first one. But then I put off this third one because everyone said the second one was the best. Yep. I tried reading it three times and I only got like 60 pages in. And then I started again like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, something like that. And then I just never stopped. And I, it just kept going faster and faster. That book is fucking unbelievable. <laughs> I love oh it. Oh, my God. So I love that. But uh, that's not my recommendation. Okay. Uh, Mia and I went to, out to the movies. She's like, is there any movies out right now? I just like want to go to a movie. And I was like, fuck yeah, we'll figure something out. This movie came out like four weeks ago. It's uh, by the studio A24, who has like a lot of fancy movies. Oh, yeah. I know exactly. <laughs> it's called Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah. <laughs> and it is basically like a sci-fi action comedy existential drama. Um and it's this is what it says the synopsis is. It says um uh blah 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 hold on. Why can't I find okay, here it is. Um the plot follows a Chinese American woman being audited by the IRS who discovers that she must connect with parallel universe versions of herself to prevent a powerful being from causing the destruction of everyone. <laughs> and the movie, like, is fucking wild. It, I've never seen any movie like this in my entire life. Um, it's wild. It's funny. I cried. It, like, talks about, like, nihilism and existentialism and just, like, uh, generational trauma and... And just, like, the act of, like, choosing to be kind to other people and how, like, you have to make a conscious choice to do that. And it was the weirdest movie I've ever seen by far, but it was easily a 10 out of 10. Yeah, I've heard nothing but amazing things. I can't wait to see it. Um, I found out it was produced in part by the Russo brothers, by the way. Oh, no way. Nice. Um, it's directed by two guys. They're called, uh, the Daniels. It's Daniel Kwan <laughs> okay. and Daniel Scheinhart. Um, they also directed the surreal comedy drama, Swiss army man. Um, oh yeah. This is their second feature film, um, that they've created together. Um, and it has Michelle Yeoh in it. She was in like James Bond, tomorrow never dies. Um, she's been in, I think she was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, um, a few other pretty big movies, Crazy Rich Asians, you know, stuff like that. Um, I highly, highly recommend going to see this movie in the movie theater. Um, it was, Jamie Lee Curtis is in it as well. It's just fucking wild. The, the main actor that, uh, besides Michelle Yeoh, her husband in the movie is actually Short Round from yep. Indiana Jones, which I didn't realize <laughs> until after the fact. Um, which is crazy. He also played Data in the Goonies. Um, but go do yourself a favor. Go see everything, everywhere, all at once. So good. 10 out of 10. Easy. I've heard minor spoiler in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. 
I've heard there is a giant butt plug featured in this movie. Is oh that true? God. Um, yeah, there, I mean, there's dildos <laughs> in it too. Okay. Um, if you want, I can explain like a quick scene for like 15 seconds. To 30 sure. Seconds. Um, one of the plot devices is that in order to like switch between or get skills from like different versions of yourself throughout the multiverse, like you have to do like this, something very bizarre that no one else would think to do. And so mm-hmm. that's how they make sure you get like the skills. So like say I need like Kung Fu skills or something. And so the IRS, like the auditors get this trophy for like being like an auditor. Uh, that's really good. But the trophy basically looks like a butt plug. And so at one point in the movie, like these bad guys in order to get the skills they need to like defeat one of the characters, they're trying to like run and just like jump on this trophy that looks like a butt plug. <laughs> and one of the guys like ends up jumping on it after she stops another dude from doing it. And then like he gets into like a kung fu battle fight with her while there's like a trophy literally hanging out his asshole. It's, dude, it's that amazing. Is so wild. It dude, this is the weirdest fucking movie ever. <laughs> um you know, like a big part of the movie is an everything bagel, and I'm not gonna explain why but it's just wild um there's at one point i think someone's fighting someone else with like two like three foot long dildos but like it's not like an overtly sexual movie it's just like wild in like a a couple of scenes where it's just like completely bizarre and completely out there it's definitely rated r no doubt about it but like the movie has like very strong themes that are really good um and like really well done and it they shouldn't be right like basically <laughs> what I just explained to you, it shouldn't be, um, but it's just fucking wild. And I don't think I ever expected to see any movie kind of like this. That wasn't like Dr. Strange Two: multiverse of madness or something like just sci-fi kind of straight sci-fi, whatever. This movie is just good. It's really good. And it's not just one thing. Um, it's yeah, equally, it's equally dramatic. It's equally funny. It's equally sci-fi action. You know, it's, it's very cultural. It's just like, I've never seen a movie like this before. It's very good. It sounds like there's also, um, sounds kind of like the one with Jet Li, which I really like. That was one of my favorite movies, if not my favorite movie of my childhood. Um, in terms of it's a multiverse movie, but in the one, he just had to kill the other versions of himself to get their Mm. (laughs) abilities. Um, it takes itself a lot less seriously than that. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I've I've heard. I mean, everything I've heard about it makes me want to see it so bad. So I, uh, I will definitely be watching that one, and I'm excited too. So if you if you want to go see it, I'll go with you. Or whenever it comes out on digital, let's 100 percent watch it together. Yes, yes, let's do it. Add it to the the ongoing list of of Tommy and Eric watch a movie and have an experience. Love it. All right, um, that'll be a wrap for today. If you want to email us, shoot us an email at theinfinitywatchpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at Infinity Rewatch. It's my only Twitter I have left because I deleted my other one because fuck the billionaires. That's why. <laughs> fuck the billionaires.